Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of KitPod. And before we start this week, I'd just like to give a quick shout out. Obviously, we spend a few hours of each of our weekends putting this together. So we really appreciate the feedback that the people give us. And I'd like to thank Reese at Football Shirt C2 on Twitter, who gave a really nice shout out this week. So again, if you've got the chance to spread the news, tag your pals in, drop a tweet out there or something on Instagram. We do really appreciate you helping us to get the word out. Okay, so on to the pod. And unfortunately, we're a man down this week. I think Rob's... Uh, exuberant celebrations last week have taken it out of him and unfortunately he's fallen victim of man flu so we're a man down hope you feel better soon Rob and and hopefully join us uh, next week to introduce ourselves members today and our shirts I'm Alex and I'm wearing as an antidote to some Bavarian classics we'll be talking about wearing the 96-97 Borussia Dortmund cup shirt worn all the way to the final uh, as they won in 97 before being replaced by the 97-98 and Adrian, no prizes for guessing what you're draped in. Yeah, exactly. Today I've got a nice Italian red, so Roma 1999 home shirt. It was the second year that David Hicks did the designs. This is the famous one that's got the great big lepettos on the sleeves in outlines, and it's got the sponsor that's more fragile than Marco Van Basten's knee. Great choice. And Tom, what are you in today? Hello everyone, I'm Tom, aka Shirt Fan, and today I have the 1718 Juventus goalkeeper top. And the reason for that is to celebrate Gigi Buffon keep keeping his 500th clean sheet, I think, this week. At Adrian, if that's wrong, because that was his fact. At Palmer, if that's wrong, because I copied their material. Okay, we're blind lines somewhere. And to complete our quartet in place of Rob, really delighted to have Mike Kay here, really well-known collector. We'll talk about his collection a bit more in the main part of the article. But what are you wearing today, Mike? Decided to give everybody a little bit of a break from Bayern just to get started. So uh, I've gone with the the Atlas Lucha Libre special that they they wore recently in the, the second part of the, the Mexican League. Room for a wrestling quip in there, Tom. Wrestle me, Mike! <laughs> wrestle me, Tom! <laughs> OK, so with the introductions and our kit sorted, we're on to the news. few bits in news this week are headlines there's no buzzer beater for Jordan as the last PSG mashup shirt is released kit fans getting a few jabs about a temporary Turkish sponsor and a Manchester firm continues their quest for European domination so Adrian having got over Beck's retirement finally our previous guest Scott Anderson has to deal with another crushing blow as one of his favourite collections comes to a close doesn't he? He does. We tried to get him along today, but uh, he was uncontactable after the news broke this morning. The very successful collab between the Nike, Jordan Range and PSG has released its last shirt today, the fourth shirt being released in February uh, for PSG. And, and it does draw, draw to an end, a really successful partnership. I think most of you guys will probably agree that they have released some future classics in there amongst those shirts. It's some really successful shirts. The shirt today... It's probably the closest to a Chicago Bulls shirt I think I've ever seen. The trim particularly is just yeah, Chicago Bulls. It's been great, but I'm glad it's come to an end. I reckon we'll see it again, though, don't you? I think it's just the end of their exclusive agreement between the two, as opposed to the end of them ever doing a collab again. I prefer to see it elsewhere, maybe. 
I was thinking who else under Nike would possibly take that on because it will have to be a Nike based uh, stable team, won't it? But I can't I can't think who else would it would be. I don't think Chelsea would have a, a Bulls connection really, not in that way anyway. Isn't Liverpool? Isn't one of the basketball players a shareholder there? I wouldn't know. I, I who was the guy in Space Jam? Knowledge. Who was the guy in Space Jam too? Bugs Bunny. LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron James. I'm sure LeBron James is a shareholder with Benway at Liverpool. So might we see it at Liverpool? Maybe, yeah. Maybe a LeBron hookup. There's been been some nice details in it. I think like the the basketball shorts. It's a, a subtle sort of thing, and again, nice detail. There's that really wild pink fourth shirt from this range last year. Are there any others that kind of really stand out for you? Strangely, I, I love basketball, and I'm not a big fan of PSG, and I love Jordan, but. I think that's the thing for me. I'm going to be honest with you. None of them even stand out to me. Oh, Scott's going to hate me for that. But I think that ultimately the branding is what sells them and the designs themselves, they, they don't stand out. There's nothing spectacular about them or memorable. I think, the, I mean, possibly they're going to be future classics because of what they are and because, you know, they were to an extent sort of like a limited uh, run, you know, in the way of seasons that were used. But none of them stand out, do they? Colour-wise, a few of them stand out. So there was the, I think, the pink one that Alex alluded to. There was the bright, bright orange one, wasn't there as well, which I think was under the Jordan branding. Was the first one the purple one with the white and blue sleeves with the gold trim? But I, I'm not sure how I feel about them. Like I said, I'm, I'm glad it's over. There's been some nice shirts in there. I was just going to say, often they're about smaller details, aren't they? The only one I can think of that stands out is that white one, which the shirt itself isn't a standout, but it had that iridescent badge. I think that's the only one that pops into my mind. My mind went blank when you said any favourite. So, I mean, that says a lot, really. I think uh, Forbidden Shirts, uh, Andy mentioned today, the name sets, I think, talk about small details. That's one of the features that had some nice name sets over the last couple of years. I know maybe clutching at straws slightly, but and maybe perhaps they stand out quite well in contrast to that horrible cup name set we mentioned last week. Yeah, and, and the thing about a fourth shirt coming out in February, I, I was quite damning on it earlier, but I think the club have come out and said they're actually going to wear that as the away shirt for the remainder of the season so you know they've got a white alternate shirt already so bringing out a fourth white shirt seems a bit odd but um obviously that first one would be pink and blue striped down the middle which i quite like actually um it's going in the bin in in favor of this jordan shirt did the home sell out this year as well did the psg home shirt sell out i think in in maybe in the adv at least in that spec I mean, I'm sure it did on the signing of Messi. I'm not sure if that has since. Because this away, this or the fourth is just like a colour reverse, isn't it? It's exactly the same yeah. design, I think. Just a, uh, Yeah, no, you're right. I'm sure it'll sell out as well, I'm sure. A controversial without that Hector stripe. So um, hopefully we'll be seeing that back in place next uh, next season. Modelled on Rob's favourite, very distinctive Ajax shirt. I'm not going to make a joke about Ajax. So as you know, news moves fast in kit world. So here's a seamless post-recording edit in from Adrian. So the big news since we recorded this is that PSG debuted the fourth shirt the following day against Ren at home. Uh, Ren, who traditionally play in black, PSG play in blue. It ended up being a game where PSG wore their white fourth shirt and Ren their black third shirt. Yeah, people have said it's kit supply issues from Nike is the reason that PSG have to wear, um, not wear their home shirt at home. Not sure I buy into that. Uh, whether that's true or not, the biggest issue here for me, and I don't know if you're the same, Alex, the bigger issue here is it meant Ren ended up wearing that black Puma template third shirt. Nobody wants to see that. 
Yeah, as you say, there's no obvious reason why Ren's red would clash with that navy of, of PSG's home shirt, so it does seem like an odd choice and perhaps one just for commercial reasons. Just to note again that whilst the PSG Jordan contract is ended now, this is the last shirt, as we've said, then there are rumours that there are negotiations going to place to start a new contract, so we'll see how this develops. And there's been a bit of a controversial reception to a, a new sponsor this week. So in the Turkish league, half of the Superliga clubs, they've replaced their sponsor for one game with the Turkish-made Turkovac vaccine. And there's been kind of quite a lot of comment about the appropriateness of, of this. And I'd really like to let, hear your comments. I mean, to me, I think there are a lot of things about vaccine mandates, about the restrictions and so on elsewhere. But actually, what you can say is that vaccines have saved millions of lives. And to me, this message is the same as if they put something about drink driving or another health related message, anti-smoking or something like that. You know, you're promoting something that's proven to save lives. And in that context, I think just the vaccine itself isn't that controversial. But what do you guys think? I mean, I'll try and keep my personal politics beliefs out of it. But yeah, I, I, I don't hugely see a problem with it, whether I'd be for it or, or against vaccinations, because it's just like any sponsor, isn't it? You know, if, if someone whacks Jeep on a Juventus shirt, you're not automatically going to go out and, and buy a Jeep necessarily. So again, you have a lot of choice. It's not like it's forcing you and haranguing you into getting a vaccine. It's just helping promote a, a message which, yeah, like you said, it could save a lot of people. So if anything, it could, it's almost apolitical, really. Yeah, I guess it's awareness more than anything else. It's not making anybody go out and get a vaccine. Uh, half the clubs wore it this weekend. The other half are actually going to wear it next weekend. So every Turkish club will have worn it over the over the um, sort of 10-day period. I think the bit that's causing some controversy and debate is whether that's a message that's come from the clubs themselves or whether they've been told to do it by the government, in which case, you know, it, it's politics and the government getting involved in the game rather than the clubs wanting to make a stand. And I know we've seen messages in lots of other leagues where it is the clubs making a stand for charity and deciding to put something on their shirt. Uh, I've not seen anything to prove it is, but yeah, I think people are getting heated thinking it's the government telling them to do it rather than them, them wanting to do it. Yeah, like, like you guys said, I think it, it, it would be different if it was, uh, like you say, like mandating vaccines. I mean, it's, it's difficult to have a say on this without your own personal sort of like opinions and coming through. And obviously on Twitter, I, I posted when I got vaccinated and, and you know, I, I wouldn't hide that. I'm very pro-vaccination. And I think that, you know, they're not, they're not forcing it upon anybody, but what they are doing is kind of just advertising, you know, to some people who might be on the fence and who might be a little bit afraid of actually doing it, that, you know, you know people look up to these footballers so you know maybe some people might have gone and got it after that 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 may not have before and okay you know some people might not see that as a good thing but ultimately like you guys have both touched on whether people are willing to accept it or not you know vaccines have been saving lives so if a few more people have gone out and got their vaccine because they've seen their favorite footballer wearing a shirt with that on then personally I'm all for it because at the same time you know they're not marching people down to the vaccination centers and saying you've got to have it I'll go for the match wall collectors, though, isn't it? That's another one they've got to go out and get. <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> no choice. 
So I think we've probably safely alienated the remaining uh, people <laughs> that Rob didn't annoy with his, um, his borough baiting last week. We'll move on to a, a more cheerful story then, Tom. So I say it as a Mancunian Manchester firm, uh, Castore have had a fantastic rise over the last few years and they've added another couple of clubs to their stable for the next couple of seasons. Yeah, so Castore are managing to do what Manchester United and Manchester City can't, which is conquer Europe. And you said that was going to be less alienated. <laughs> well, give me a you've chance already, and I will take it. You've already alienated those two fan bases. You've got to pick a new one. No, but the Castor, Castore, they've um, recently announced that they will be uh, manufacturing Bayer Leverkusen shirts next year. And I think that joins, obviously, Rangers in Scotland and Newcastle and Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Premier League this year. And I believe there are a few others like Feyenoord are going to be a future partner with them, as are Seville and possibly Charlton from next season. So, yeah, they're definitely making inroads, aren't they? It's an incredible story as well. I mean, you know, two brothers in their early 20s started off the firm, what, six years or so ago? And you've grown and you're now competing for contracts with the likes of Adidas, Puma, Nike and so on. It's a remarkable kind of growth to be in, be at that level. But it's not been without some kind of hiccups. You can understand massive growth. There were a few issues with the Rangers products coming out and things weren't quite meeting the standards that were required. But looking on the positive side, are there any kits that really stand out from their issues so far? They did that... Uh... I mean, I know the Newcastle home shirt this year has, has been a little controversial, but that's more for the sponsor placement, isn't it, rather than the actual shirt design, I think. I think when you take that betting sponsor off the front, it's actually quite a smart shirt. And they did that vintage Newcastle shirt as well, which I know was really popular. So, I mean, yeah, they are standing out for, for good reasons, I think. I, th- I, I mean, Villa are rumoured to be to be going with them from next season as well because the Kappa deal's up at the end of this season. I mean, I think I'm... As a Villa fan, I'm, I'm quite nervous about it. I think we've been, personally, I think we've been spoiled with Kappa, some really good designs, some really good shirts and good features. But I think that's the problem. There's not a lot from Castoria that I, I immediately go, oh, that was amazing. They, they did the the Rangers special shirt, didn't they? The, the white, is it white out one, I think? And yeah, that was really smart. I had that really like unusual, cool collar that was kind of, you know, flicked off to the side. Um, but apart from that, I'll be honest, there's there's nothing that majorly kind of stands out in me. What I can't, I think I see them at the moment as a little bit, and people probably won't like this, but a little bit like Warrior were when when they kind of first came in. Um, with those sort of like there's a couple of like really outlandish designs that are just kind of there to get attention and, and for, for people to recognize who they are. And they they've shown with that Rangers shirt and even with like you say, the Newcastle retro, you know, they can add that touch of class. So I'm hoping that now their name's out there and they're starting to tie down these bigger contracts, possibly it might not be too scary that Villa are going to them. I just hope that those quality issues have been ironed out. Yeah, one thing I would say from what I read, Mike, is just be careful how you wash that. And if you wash it once you buy those kits, I'll probably treat them very, very delicately. <laughs> Maybe even just uh, yeah, dry clean only or something. But yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head there. The, the Newcastle retro shirt is probably their best shirt. It's not even a matte shirt, so they've obviously got some design qualities. Their, their, their USP is that they do everything bespoke, so there's no templates involved, which is which is really great, really um, yeah, something to be admired. However, that's going to get more difficult as they bring on more and more clubs. We've already listed a load there. There's rumours about other teams as well, like Hamburg and a few others. And you think, yeah. Most teams are having three, if not four kits. Uh, if you win the Napoli contract, you'll probably be doing 12 or 13 shirts. And the more shirts you do, the harder it is to not fall into that template space. So I wonder if that is something that maybe they're going to have to introduce over the next few years. 
uh, where they do go down that route. And as we said before, there's nothing wrong with um, templates as long as it's not a Puma third template. It'd be really interesting to see what their kind of pitch is, because again, just to emphasise, you know, how young a company they are. And it's such a, you think it's quite a big risk for these big size clubs like Rangers to take them on pretty early on in the development. But they're obviously saying enough in the pitches to um, to get the contract. So let's see how they develop with, with these clubs, because there's some iconic designs. People like Feyenoord, you know, could expect hopefully some really nice shirts coming out, some nice colourways. I mean, they're not difficult to design, design a, a final shirt, though, is it? I mean, what are they going to do? A little trim on the on the collar or the cuff or something. <laughs> you know, you know what that shirt's going to look like already. You can't use a final shirt and it's a sample of some exciting design. <laughs> <Alex>. Well, <laughs> they look the same for 120 years. But they're, 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 they're characteristic. They're distinctive. They're distinctive, aren't they? And, and it's sort of yeah, right. Here's a distinctive. Pattern, how's a distinct? Here's a distinctive colorway. See what you can do with it, kind of thing. It is interesting um, though. You, you say you can't use Feyenoord as an example, but then look what they did with the Newcastle shirt this year, just by their collar and sponsor play, placement. It's been probably the most talked back historic kit ever. Yeah, there's there's nothing you know unusual about it. It's just simply the way it worked out. There's a massive number four on the front of every shirt. Yeah, is it a Newcastle third or fourth shirt that's really quite nice? Is it? It's, there's one that's almost all black, isn't it? Or, is that with the another kind of unknown pleasures type thing? There's a load of Wolves Castor training gear on classic football shirts that I've seen this week, and it, some of it's really funky. Yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah. So they obviously do have a flair. Maybe they're just playing it safe, you know. Yeah, no, it is the uh, it's, it Joy Division is making is, is making inroads into football shirt design, isn't it? First, first Sublimia shirt, possibly, and I hope it wins. I've voted fifteen times already. <laughs> um, but but the Newcastle away shirt It's good, isn't it? It's it's not bad that you know if if if, they, if that ends up in a wall steel where it's twelve ninety nine for your shirt, that could be an impulse buy. <clears throat> yeah, I hope Daily Rob's hearing that Eminem direct. And so with this week's news wrapped up, it's on to our main feature. So moving on to our main feature, it's a real pleasure, as you said, to welcome Mike Kay here to the pod. So Mike, you can find him on Twitter at, at footy with IE, shirts with a Z and at footy underscore shirts, again with the IE and Z on Instagram. So, Mike, you're a, a long-time collector and focusing on two major clubs. So do you want to give us a, a bit of a background to your collection? Yeah, sure, yeah. I, I've been collecting for longer than I can remember, really. I collect a little bit of everything, really. But, yeah, I, d- I do focus on, uh, as most people know, because I'm always banging on about it, um, Bayern Munich shirts. Uh, and Aston Villa are obviously a big, big part of my collection as well. Um, I mean, I've got it's not just Bayern I suppose it's it's Bundesliga shirts in general I think everybody's got their their thing like like Adrian with his Italian shirts you know I know they're a bit bland and a bit boring but each to their own um, but yeah obviously um, I just somehow fell into to, to Bayern Munich as well and that's that's kind of obviously what I'm mostly going to be talking about today and um, and it yeah it, it started out with one shirt and went from there really and you've recently reached a milestone with your buying collection. So where did you get to with that? Yeah, so uh, recently I picked up the uh, the Adidas equipment template, the early 90s when the 91 away shirt, the white one with the three red sh- uh, stripes on the shoulder. Picking that one up meant that, with the exception of this season, I will add, because I'm a tight one and I don't pay full price for shirts, that puts me at every commercially available home away third and special shirt since 1991 now. Wow, it's an incredible collection. 
You mentioned the special shirt. So those are something you want to highlight today. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, I think it's just talking about the specials in, in, in general. I think that everybody, I mean, I'm mainly going to just kind of talk about the ones that everybody knows, really, just because, you know, they're the ones that, that are kind of stick in our minds recently. And they're the ones that kind of got all the conversation going about fourth shirts and special shirts and so on. Um, but I think, like, before I go on to those, I just think it's worth mentioning that I think everybody sees that the, these fourth shirts and special shirts as something new and some sort of, like, cash cow that the clubs are using, just, you know, generate more, more revenue and so on. And I think... When you really look back over the history of most clubs, it's it's really not a new thing. Um, I know, I know. We'll say that you know we only had home and aways and so on, but I mean Bayern in particular. I mean, if you go back to, I mean, use the eighties as an example. If if you get ten minutes just to go on Museum of Jerseys and just type in Bayern Munich and just have a look at the 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 array of shirts they used across one season. I mean, there's a brilliant article on there about one European run where they wore something ridiculous like like six different shirts and eight different combinations. And, you know, that's just in one season and one European run. And I think that's, that's something that followed on sort of like into the nineties, you know, Bayern, they, you know, in the late eighties, they, there's the, the Adidas template, the equipment shirt. And I think France had it as in a way it was white with the sort of like the French colors of the flag coming across the chest. So, so, I mean, Bayern used that as a one-off shirt uh, along, uh, I think um, Dortmund used it as well, actually in a, a cup final, didn't they? They had a yellow, yellow version of it. And then, you know, that was one of the, one of the one-offs that they used. And then going through the nineties, you know, we had the, the 90th anniversary, which is obviously one of the ones that is one of my favorites. And then even moving through the nineties, you know, they, they used, they used uh, a special shirt. I think it was uh, in the eighty nine ninety season. So you know the Cameroon template from nineteen ninety. They they actually wore that shirt. So so they 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 they've got a version of that shirt that they wore for the last game of the season when they won one Bundesliga in nineteen ninety. Uh, they won it for the last game of the season against Leverkusen. I think it was which they won. And then I think they kind of used it a couple of times quite sporadically over the course of about six months. And you know going into the following season as well. Uh, and then going into sort of like the mid nineties, you know, they had one-off shirts against uh, for for the sort of like the the Munich derby against eighteen sixty. So so this idea that it's a, it's kind of a new thing for special occasions is is the truth is just not true. You know, they, they they've been there kind of as long as as long as football shirts have, and and then yeah, and, and then moving into the ones we're going to talk about, you know, they maybe they are becoming more common, but it's yeah, it's it's, it's not a new thing, and personally, I don't think it's a bad thing either. <laughs> Is it a bit like what Rob always says about um, template shirts? It's not that they're they're rubbish. It's just there's good and bad ones. It's like these were the special shirts, you know. They, they, they can be done really well, like in Bayern's case, or they can just be brought out willy-nilly and not, not done well. Yeah, I, I think that is it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit here and say, oh, you know, every every shirt Bayern have ever released as a special has got some sort of, like, deep meaning running, you know, throughout the club or the fan base, but... But at least they they are market occasions, you know. And you know, uh, Alex will probably back me up on this one. In in German football and Bundesliga in general, you know, there's there's a lot of special shirts for sort of like carnival occasions and and cup shirts is a normal thing, especially for Dortmund. You know, they you know that they've had special cup shirts all along because they. Ne- I think it's right in saying, yeah, like the one you're wearing. <laughs> um, that they, they they generally don't have third shirts, do they? So you know, the special cup shirts are really really common anyway. Um, but then everyone's going to use it as the example. You're right. When it's overused, like like Napoli have done, it just it, it waters everything down, and and the, the value in the shirt it, it, it's just gone. It, it really is. I mean, I think that the main five that that we talk about with with Bayern would be the 90th anniversary, which is an incredible shirt. Then there's the 2016 Parley shirt. 
which I think Bayern did it. And I know Real Madrid had one as well. Yeah, Real Madrid, Madrid. Did, Real Madrid did it. And then two years later, Man United and Juve did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they used it for their, um, and Man United used it on one of their like away kits or something as well. Third kit, yeah. The blue, the yeah. blue, gray third kit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then moving on from there, there's the, the 120-year shirt, which I think is brilliant. And, you know, that. and then there's the Oktoberfest and the human race. And I think all of them have got sort of like a, a, a bit more of a special link rather than just your Napoli syndrome, which is just, you know, here's, we, we had Maradona once, so we're going to make 11 shirts with him pulling 12 different faces on. You know, it, it just, it, it, there's more meaning to it, yeah. So in particular, you mentioned the Oktoberfest outfit, really, and it's really <laughs> distinctive. And, uh, you know, I've seen it a couple of times on your timeline. Do you want to just go a little through that for people who might not be aware of it? I think you're, you're referring to the off-white polo um, one that they had, which was, I'm going to get the year wrong now, 2014, I think it was. So, yeah, that, that was quite a good one. So so to go along, the, the, the shirt was the, the away or third shirt for that season, but to go along with it, they they released a bunch of extras which inevitably i had to search all over different ridiculous places to to find um so so obviously the kit itself was lederhosen inspired and it's got some amazing sort of like brown trim with with uh, sort of like the, the the german patterns running through it and um, then you had the the actual match shorts were brown and gold you know to match up with the lederhosen shorts as well uh, and then the socks were sort of like an off white with a green band but then, yeah, the, the extras, so there's the sort of like the, the proper lederhosen shorts, which I look absolutely ridiculous in and my wife despises with every ounce of her soul. But, but I like putting them on just to get on her nerves a little bit. There's a, a, an amazing sort of like grey, almost cardigan cross jacket that, that goes with it. And then an amazing hat that is just out of this world it's yeah you'd have you'd have to google it to look at it if you've never seen it because it really is something special what is that hat how would you describe it uh, the, the the there is a name for the hat and it's, <laughs> it's escaped now but yeah I, I don't know like when i see it i just see it as your your typical bavarian beer drinker's hat <laughs> <laughs> it's great i think you're the, one of the only people i know that pull that look off to be honest <laughs> i think you just about manage it yeah just, i only just <laughs> <laughs> I made my wife take a picture of me in the whole get up and she wasn't quite so sure to be honest <laughs> but it is the, so um, distinctive I think if anybody hasn't seen it yeah but definitely put some photos up and check it out because it's remarkable yeah but the uh Oktoberfest shirt that you choose is especially today to talk about was the this season's 21 the green and gold one yeah that's it yeah what, why does that one stand out to you so much um, I think with, with that one, obviously, with it just being the the Oktoberfest shirt, I mean, it's 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 basically just the Bavarian themed shirt. The colours and and you know the, the the patterning within it are just supposed to represent the the Oktoberfest. Basically, it's nice and simple. But I think the shirt itself is actually just a really good shirt. You know that it, it, it's it's basic. It's not over the top you know so some of the carnival shirts like you get through through mains and coal and so on they can be a little bit garish and, and not not everybody's cup of tea but i think i mean that that Oktoberfest shirt went a bit nuts to be fair i mean i i picked it up myself and got a name set on the back picked one of the players that that, that played and, and I, I yeah i just i think the shirt itself is is amazing you know it was used in a game that, that they actually won which obviously means 
it gets a, a good memory attached with it. And and yeah, and it, I know everybody doesn't like it, but I personally like a shirt that was only used once. I, I think there's just something unique about it. And, and from a collector's point of view, it's, it's a nice little thing to have in your collection when you know that shirt was only used once. Uh, and one of my favorite things about it is I think even Scott bought one as much as he hates stadium shirts. They, they were only released in, in the stadium version, which which I think, as you guys have discussed a little bit, you know, sometimes is a good thing because, you know, you're not forced into that extra extra dollar for a special shirt that is a one-off. You talked about some of these crazy carnival shirts that come out from a, a couple of places where, where it's very hot. And just for anybody who doesn't know, carnival is in February, March, in parts of Germany, celebrate it. And basically everybody of every age goes out on the lash for a week you can turn up half cut to work everybody turns up hungover and just for a week all the rules get thrown out the window so if you ever have a pal or an opportunity to go around to the regions that celebrate it for example Köln is it's it's a very sort of big center for carnival then definitely take that opportunity it's um really a sight to behold it's Um, week isn't it the germans Every yeah year. yeah but whatever but, age you are but it, I, I remember the first time I went and, and we were in this this pub in a friend's little village and people in the 70s and 80s you know respectable members of the community you'd seen through the day past polite nods and then just absolutely out their face on a, a Tuesday evening it's just again the rules for everything have just been turned upside down for a week and then everything goes back to normal yeah definitely so and, and talking about these carnival kits, they're usually worn as a one-off. Are there any one-off kits in the, the buying collection? Yeah, yeah, there, there are a few. So so the ones that I've got um, are the, the ones that were commercially available um, because a lot of the ones that they used for like the, the, the Munich Derby and stuff in the mid-90s, they were, they were never made commercially available. And I'd like to think one day I'll own one, but until I'm willing to sell my kids, I'll have to wait for a little while. Um, but yeah, out, out of the five that I've got, um, four out of those five, including the Oktoberfest that we were talking about, were were only used once. So it was only the 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 90th anniversary that was was used twice. It was used for two league games, both away, weirdly, um, one against Cologne and one against Hamburg. But then after that, um, the the Parley was only used once against Hoffenheim and in a game they drew. I mean, that's, that's, that's a nice shirt, but I mean, there's only so much you can do with a, a, an all red shirt that also has a red badge and a red Adidas logo and a red sponsor. But, you know, it, it's cool for, for what it is and, and the message behind it. And then there was the, I mean, the one after that would be the 120 year shirt, which obviously was only, only worn once against Augsburg. They won that game 2-0. Um, that one I like. That, that's one of my favourite ones. Um, it's a nod to the kit worn when Bayern won their first title, which was pre-Bundesliga in 1939. So it, that one, it's just, I mean, it's a really, really good shirt. The white type details are amazing. The, the, they've shrunken down the sponsor and put it really small, you know, uh, on the chest. And, and it's just got those really, really like stunning burgundy sleeves that just look incredible and and yeah obviously again like we say only used once which for me adds a little bit to it and then the other one would be the the human race which obviously is an opinion divider as everybody knows i think for buy-in it would probably have divided opinions for a few reasons because a 50 percent of the people that saw it despised it and b because it brought back blue to what even as a one-off was a was a home shirt again obviously which i know it's not a, a, a permanent shirt but obviously they decided they won't use blue again and then they used it in the cup and they got knocked out on penalties to holston keel so so it, it all around i think for Bayern, the human race probably won't ever go down as a favorite for for the ultras but uh, i think for the for the shirt collector like me who's a bit of a sucker for a special it, it's a good one 
for our listeners, Mike, do you just want to expand on that in, in terms of the blue? Yeah, yeah. So uh, as everyone knows, like through, through the 90s specifically, Bayern had a lot of blue in their shirts. Um, I mean, if you go back to sort of like the first Adidas template, the uh, red one with the blue shoulder stripes, then they went on to the 93, 95, which was the following on template where the stripes come up from the, the bottom as well as the, the top of the shoulder. Then on to 95, 97, they, they had the blue uh, stripes, which I don't know, most people think of certain players. For me, it's sort of like Mateus and Klinsman and so on. And then they had the one which was basically in the ninth. Well, yeah, it was near enough black. Interesting fact about that one, if, if you want to know, that was actually inspired by a basketball shirt. So, um, you know, PSG might think they did it first, but they didn't. So, yeah, one of the the, the big dogs at, at Bayern, he's a huge Bayern, uh, basketball fan. And he, when he saw the, the shirt for the, the USA Dream Team, he decided that he was going to put it into the, the Bayern home shirt. And that's where that, that almost black shirt with the red stripe through the middle comes from, which is a great shirt as well. And they revisited that for an away shirt a couple of seasons ago. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, they, they touched on the blue a little bit again through this, not so much through the noughties, but then when you get into the sort of like 2010s and then up to a few more recently again. And I think it was the last one they had was 2018-19. And, and that wasn't a particular... Bayern weren't having a good season at all. I think it was uh, Niko Kovac in charge and it wasn't going particularly well. And I think if I'm honest with you, the ultras weren't happy about the way the football was going. And I think the board knew the one thing they could do about it was, was the kit and they could appease the ultras by saying, all right, the football might be pretty bad at the moment. But I tell you what, we won't put blue in the kits anymore because we know you don't like that. <laughs> and from then, yeah, they, they they promised that there would be no no permanent blue on the on the home kits. So they they've they've stuck to blue and white ever since. Which I think for a collector rather than a, a buy an ultra is a shame because I think if if anybody was to ask to pick their their favorite buy and share, I think nine out of ten would be picking one with blue on whether it was the you know the one that everybody remembers robbing in with blue and red stripes or going back to the 90s but but yeah ultimately it's the the board appeasing the fans for bad football <laughs> it's funny you should say that about uh, Bayern banning blue for trying to appease the fans it seems as a United fan that every time we're terrible we get a, a repro of the famous blue snowflake shirts kind of trying to appease us so we've we've had a couple in the last couple of years which suggests how badly we're doing You've got some rare shirts there, and obviously it might be a popular thing for people to pick up to start collecting buying shirts. Which are the most difficult to get hold of, do you think, out of that period you've cool. collected? Um, some of them are quite surprising. So uh, obviously the, the hardest one, to, the, the, I'd say the hardest two to get hold of that I've got are obviously the, the 90th anniversary. That that one is incredibly difficult. But I mean, with, with buying shirts in general, not just the specials, there are a few really unusual ones that, that you wouldn't expect to be difficult to get hold of. So, you know, the, the, the specials we've talked about, like the Oktoberfest, the human race, the 120 year, they're probably relatively easy to get hold of even now. The Parley shirt, not so much. But then when you start going into sort of like, what the shirts that you think would be really, really easy to get hold of. Like there was, I think it was a 2018 um, third shirt, which again was a Parley. And it was that, I, I don't remember the names of Adidas templates, if I'm honest with you, the, the, the kit concept guys will hate me for that, but I, I don't know what they are and I don't care. Um, but it was the one that I think it was the one, the same one that United used as a template for the third shirt as well. So the gray and silvery one with the kind of like stripes through it, that shirt it, it's from like a few seasons ago and it is just near impossible to get hold of and it doesn't it's not it's not even expensive when you do find it 
But um, there's there's a guy who also collects buy-in um, on Twitter, uh, Bundesliga Baker. I don't know if you, you guys follow him as well. Um, but I talked to him quite a lot and he managed to pick it up recently. And you wouldn't believe how much you would celebrate picking up a shirt just from just a few seasons ago that, that anybody who doesn't pick up buy-in shirts would be like, what? Surely you can just go and buy that from, from like Tesco because it's just going to be so common. But it just, it really isn't. And then there's a few like that. Um, there's a few from sort of like the, the early 2010s, um, which are relatively difficult to get hold of mainly because there was this period where they they had a couple of white away shirts so they had um, a really cool one i think it was 2013 which is white with the orange stripes um which has become a bit of a thing for buying you know the white and orange and that one it's got a liga total sponsor on that thing it, it, if you if you look at that sponsor in a funny way it falls off that that one again become difficult to get hold of because obviously the sponsors are just absolutely obliterated so people have just bin them so so those ones so so the hard shirts to get are the ones that you you wouldn't expect because i think if you go if if you're looking to become a buying collector in my opinion it's a good club to go for because a there's a lot of different variety in the shirts that you pick up but b the truth is most of them are not hard to get hold of as long as you like adidas uh, yeah, you. I th- to be honest with you, I, I think that's where where it started. I, I'm an Adidas fanboy. I wouldn't lie about it. I absolutely love Adidas, you know. And and when I first started collecting shirts, I I decided I wanted. I went to play five side, and one of the lads I was playing with was wearing a Bayern Munich shirt. I thought, yeah, I don't have a Bayern shirt. Actually. I would really, really like one. I remember my, my wife actually bought me my first two Bayern shirts. Um, and when she bought me them, I don't think she realised what she was starting, to be honest. And I, I really got into it. And, and it, it, it kind of, it, it went from there. I think because it was Adidas, like you say. So I've got this sort of like this favourite brand. And then when I started really kind of delving into the history of buying shirts and, and like I say, the sheer variety of different stuff they've had at home, you know, there's not many clubs who have had blue and white stripes, you know, the, the equipment templates, red and white stripes, red and white hoops, uh, red and gold. And, and just, it went from there and, and yeah, Adidas and Bayern, it's, it's, it's a good combo. I'm just looking now as we're talking as well. I mean, you've not had a bad sponsor, have you really? 30 years you had Commodore, Opal and now T-Mobile. So oh, you had three, that's why. Well, exactly. But I mean, you don't have a big old Chevrolet on the front ruining them or anything, do you? Yeah. Is there another I've... team that's had as long a run with the manufacturer as buying? Oh, we we struggled on sponsors the other week, Adrian. Don't bring this back. It's like being no, the manufacturer. Who... I was thinking, yeah. how long have not you been with, like, been with PSG? That might be the only one that runs runs buying close, I guess. I don't know. There, there was somebody who was about 43 years. I can't remember who it was. It was it was a, a beaten buy-in. I have to Put it. We we'll have to put it on the the Twitter. You shut it. Make it look like you knew when you record it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, we can see that array of uh, dozens of really nice shine shirts behind you. If you were forced into just taking one, which one would be top of the pile? If if I was choosing from Bayern, I would say because of the 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 amount of trouble I went through getting it, it, it would have to be the 90th anniversary. It, it, I know it's an obvious one to choose and every, everybody probably saw that coming a mile away, but you know, a, anybody who, who is a football shirt collector, you know, I mean, how often do you see anybody that, that has one? So I feel blessed to have even found one, let, let alone to, you know, to actually be at a time when I can just go, oh, sod it, I'm just going to buy it. And okay. I had to spend a ridiculous amount of money on it, but it's worth it's worth it and i think if if it was just out of my bio shirts that that's probably the one i would grab and, and get out the door we're over 30 minutes in and mike hasn't mentioned another shirt that he owns a collection of shirts that he owns <laughs> and i know he's itching to say it so mike you just want to come out and say the word of an mls team 
no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. So my wizard shirts would be very important to me as well. Um, yeah, it, it's funny because the truth is, I think that there's probably a handful of Bayern shirts, the the Wiz shirts, a couple of Villa shirts, and I, I've got a Cheltenham Town shirt. Um, I'm a Cheltenham boy, and I still follow him to this day. And I've got a, a home shirt from 1988, which is probably the rarest shirt I own. And, and if I lost that shirt, it, I would never be able to replace it again. So so even above the wizard shirts, <laughs> I, I would probably just about say that that's probably my, my, my most cherished shirt, that one. I'm so disappointed you didn't say human race. So, <laughs> so having talked about your collection, you also do a lot on Twitter around the kit community. So do you want to talk us through a bit about Shirtex? Yeah, so so shirt X it was was sort of like an idea I came up with. Um, I don't know, two, two, three years ago now, and um, I started out doing it on Instagram because I started swapping shirts with guys all around the world, and I, I kind of just had the idea that that you know some some of the guys that I swapped shirts with, there there was no no platform for that to happen. There was no way to connect, and and we all follow each other on on Instagram and Twitter and so on, but unless you know that person is looking to swap a shirt, you know, so you're not always just going to randomly message them out of the blue and go, Oh, you've got the shirt. Would you swap it with me? Which, which strangely was what happened with me. So I had a, a guy in Australia want one of my shirts and I swapped him for, uh, I think it was uh, an old 91 Nuremberg shirt for my favorite Italian shirt I own, which is the uh, Vicenza shirt that I've got. And that, yeah, that was that, that was a really good swap. And then I did a swap with a guy in Singapore. Um, and that was a weird one because it was a it was a Nice shirt and it was a really random one that had like an almost tartan type plaid pattern on. And I'll be honest with you, I picked that up for like £12 from, from eBay and never thought anything of it. But this guy was begging me to send it to him. And it turned out he was like a, 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 a Nice collector um, and it was one that was never made available in for the Asian market. So to him, it was way more valuable than it was to me. So I ended up swapping it with him. And six months later, I was devastated to see that he'd customed it and put loads of really dodgy prints all over it. And I was like, how, how valuable to you was it if you were going to do that? But but anyway, and then, and then yeah, after that happened, it kind of got me thinking. I thought, so I was like, well, you know, how many people are out there that would love to like swap and trade shirts? But but they don't even know that it's an option. So, so I initially started it on Instagram and, you know, it, it, it kind of, it, it took off a little bit, but it wasn't working very well because of the way Instagram works. So I decided to kind of move it over to Twitter as well. And as a, most people on, on football shirt Twitter know now, it, it's pretty big now, you know, we, you know, the threads are, are pretty massive. Um, and as well as the, the, the trade, the, the swap thread is probably the, the the least used out of the the threads that we do now but i mean i do see people all the time still tagging the account saying you know we swapped through through shirt x again and um but obviously yeah that's gone on from there and we now we we do the 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 sales threads and the wanted threads and and obviously recently i've i've been putting a lot of effort into the the affiliate links to to kind of make the money which will all be donated to football shirts for charity once it once it comes through and thanks to the the kit community the first month of that by the way has been incredible I, I was totting it up the other day and obviously you don't get commission on every sale I will say that but in the first month there was over four grand of transactions went through on that affiliate link so you know if if, if we even get a small percentage of the the commission on that to, to donate to charity that'll be that'll be amazing yeah what most people don't realize um, on Twitter when they're following these big accounts that, that tweet out the links to buy stuff 
those those accounts are actually making money when you click on their link they're getting a percentage of that transaction so you know that's that's why they're pushing out those links to you to click on it and to to make them money the difference with shirtx and what i really like what you guys are doing this year mike is that you're you're sharing those shirts sharing those deals but the money that comes in is going direct to charity and i think that's really commendable so anybody out there who's thinking about clicking clicking on a link to buy a shirt i would say you know why, why not send the money to a, to a charity's pocket yeah, definitely. And, and anybody listening that wants to, the, uh, the the pin tweet has got the affiliate link in there. So all you got to do is go to ShitX account. And if you click on that 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 pin tweet, then then any transactions you make will will contribute towards it. And obviously, you can you, there's the discount code as well. So so use the discount code. And you know we're, we're set up with um, with Amazon now as well. So we're slowly going to start trying to share more of the deals and you know for, for any of the smaller indie sellers that, that are listening um obviously you know a lot of them say about supporting the indie guys well i would just put my hand out and say you know if you want to support back um and you want to help out and help give anything to the charities just like these big guys do and i'm not saying sort of like commission on the same sort of level but at the same time you know i would happily do things through shirt x with the indie sellers, if they're, you know, even if it's just, you know, with a, with a small, a small donation to, to charity and, and specifically the causes that football shirts for charity support. Great. Well, I think, yes, unified in support of that, Mike. And the main business, I think, I'm sure we've all used the, the Monday sales thread, the swap thread, the wanted threads and, and so on. It's a real fixture, I think, for football shirt Twitter. So it's been great to chat to you, learn a bit more about your collection. We've not even really covered your Villa shirts, which is a fantastic collection, so we'll have to uh, bring you on another time. Yeah, I'd like to wrap that up and we'll move on now to the quiz. And so in this week's quiz, we've got Adrian facing off against Tom, who's taken a point lead in the series. As a tribute to our Kansas City Wiz supporting guest, the question today is, there are 12 original members of Major League Soccer. If we include the first expansion, how many teams can you name? Again, you can get two wrong. So as the challenger this week, Adrian, you're first up to make a bet. 12. No, I'm not saying 12, sorry, there are 12, yeah. I yeah. think we have to take his first answer. I'm not saying 12. Kansas City. I'm going to go with six. Oh, I was really hoping it would be wrestling theme this week. <laughs> uh, I think, I, I don't think I can do six. I'm going to have to let you name them. I wrote them down first. <laughs> One, two, three. Bear in mind, I can see the clock in the background moving. <laughs> we won't do the video version so so just that, what, one, repeat two, what was three, so four, what was five. the actual question the the question was there's 12 inaugural members including the first expansion of major league soccer 12 teams name as many as you can so so the, so for, from the 98 expansion yeah. so the 10 originals and the two yeah okay yeah Sorry, how many? Hang on. So I'm trying to no, do no, so, so it's, it's the first twelve, effectively. They they started with ten, and then there was an expansion with two teams that were invited in. Um, <laughs> Mike's already given you here. one, so yeah. you effectively have to find five. How many? How many strikes is, does he have? There's two. You can get two wrong. The third you get wrong, you're That's out. That's generous. That's too generous. I think. Been the same all the well, way the through. The Should have gone They've for seven every week. Should have gone yeah. for seven. <clears throat> I'm getting this last one. It's gonna okay. There's actually a couple of dubious ones in there. Tell me, should go right. So I'm gonna go. Well, we've we've had Kansas City Wizards. Yeah, comfortable with that. 
Columbus Crew. Spot on. New England Revolution or something like that, wasn't it? That's close enough. Yeah, 100%. I thought Patriots. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay Mutiny, because they're bad runner. I love seeing that show going around a little yeah. bit recently. The Colorado Rapids. Yeah. And this is the one I'm not sure on, right? So there was a Dallas team. Can we just say Dallas? I'm going to need the franchise something name. Like, He's got his cowboy hat like, out. He's saying Dallas Cowboys. It's something like Dallas. It's not. It's something like Dallas Fire or Heat or Burn or something like that. It's Dallas. Well, we'll take the first two as wrong and you still got it with the third guess. So, yeah, Dallas Burn. So you've just by the skin of your teeth sneaked in. Was there New York as well? That was going to be my next. Was there a New York so, to start? Or maybe San, Mike San Jose. Can try and San Jose earthquake or something. <laughs> so, so what? What have you? What did you name so far? What? What has he? What has he confirmed? So we've got Columbus Crew, New England Revolution, Tampa Bay Mutiny, Colorado Rapids, The Wiz, and Dallas Burn. Uh, so we would have had the New York New Jersey Metro Stars. Yep. My mind's going to go blank now. DC <laughs> United. Yeah. Chicago Fire. Yep, from the expansion, yeah. Uh, it's San Jose, say... San Jose Earthquake, isn't it? Or something like that. Or they not the earthquakes, yeah, but... Uh, when oh. it the San Jose Fury back then? Is it, is it the Fury? Close oh, to Clash. That... Clash, that was it. The, my... Yeah. Um, obviously, LA... Did you say LA Galaxy? No, so, yeah, the only surviving team. Yeah. Well, uh, right. And I've lost who we've named from there. <laughs> So I'll give you the last one is Miami Fusion. Miami Fusion. Never heard of them. All household names. I always thought that All-Stars one was um, was like the All-Stars team. That's why I wouldn't know. Yeah, I knew the New York team couldn't remember the name of it. I used to love how they did penalty shootouts. Because didn't Channel 5 show it when it first came out, didn't they? Yeah. It was Channel 5 had the games. And then they had obviously nothing could end in a draw. And then they had the penalty shootouts. Yeah, it, it was it was a, a thirty-five yard shootout, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I believe that I believe they were on a time limit. There was there was, there was a, yeah. a certain amount of time, and they they had to to, to beat the goalkeeper. Yeah. There, there was there was talk that they wanted to bring this back again in in some leagues, which which I'm all for. I will say. <laughs> People need to Google this. If, if if you're if you're a younger listener and you're not familiar with it. Do Google, do Google it because yeah, I think they had twenty seconds or something to get from the halfway line to get the ball in a goal just against a keeper, and it was uh, it was exciting. Harry Maguire would be struggling with that, wouldn't he? <laughs> so now Adrian takes his rightful place at the top of the leaderboard alongside Tom, with unfortunately absent Rob lagging way behind. So on now to Kit Room One Hundred and One. Okay, it's your turn to vent your fury today, Adrian. So what are you taking aim at? So I want to put into the bin cup name sets and patches. <clears throat> now, I'm not against the idea of cup name sets and patches, but what I don't like is people who purchase the shirt, decide they like that name set and that patch, put, marry the two together, and you've got a combination that just never happened. That shirt was never worn in the cup. That patch was never worn with that shirt. That player never played in the cup competition that's got that cup name set on. Or, you know, in honour of Mike being here, it's a Bayern Munich shirt or a Dortmund shirt. And actually you've ended up, because you put the Champions League patch on it, you've ended up with a name of the team and the player name the wrong way around on the back of the shirt. And it can go straight in the bin as a ruined shirt. That is what I'm up against. Take the Paris Saint-Germain 4 shirt that's just come out. 
people are going to love that for the cup name set. You know, the Paris Saint-Germain cup name set's fantastic. They're already out of the domestic cup. They've got Real Madrid in the next round of the Champions League. You wear white. So presumably it's going to be set of home shirts in both games. Although, you know, it's probably not, is it? Because the money's going to talk. But it should be two home, get two home shirts in both those games. They could be out of that cup, cup competition as well. So that fourth shirt may never be competitively used with a cup name set on it. Yeah, how many people out today have gone and clicked to purchase that shirt with a messy cup name set on the back? And for that reason, cup name sets can go into shirt room one-on-one. I'm, I'm finding it hard to put a toe into either camp, actually. I, the thing that's swaying me in your favour is I a couple of years ago, I got that Barcelona third shirt, you know, the Futura one? So it's like turquoise. And I got that from Nike, from the Nike store. And it turned up with a with Champions League patches, which which I wanted, but it had the league name set on the back. And I didn't even know. I didn't know until maybe a year after having it and posted it on Twitter and someone gleefully pointed it out. And I'm both hurt and embarrassed. So I think I want to put that in Room 101, more of those feelings. <laughs> it's a minefield. And, you know, that combination, the fact that, you know, innocent, innocent consumers are able to go out there and add those specifications to their shirts. It's going to end up with a lot of disappointed boys and girls all over the country. Yeah, you you, you touched on it with with Bayern, and uh, it, it it's it's a difficult one. Like I wouldn't necessarily say I'm against the idea of of cut patches and and name sets and so on, but I think, like you say, when you start kind of drifting into the, that world, it becomes a little bit of a different situation. Obviously, with with Bayern, the the amount of times you you see a, a home shirt with the the Bayern München print across the top of the number and the name on the bottom, and that someone's slapped a, a Champions League patch on the arm and they're trying to sell it for more as a Champions League shirt. And it's just like, yeah, I, I think purely for that reason alone, I, I would absolutely bin it as well. I knew I had your support as soon as I mentioned Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got Tom sitting on the fence as usual. So as usual, I'm going to have to be the stick in the mud that goes uh, against it. I, I think they're cracking. I don't think you can hold cup sets responsible for either companies not selling things properly to people or people making mistakes. Like United's current cup set, I think it's it's excellent. I think we've had the, the one we've had for a few years has been great. There's some others in other clubs. And also it's sort of, it's part of the European night, getting the patches on, having a different print. It's not premium. Premier League print it's sort of you know why it's a cup it's special that shirt you know allows you to kind of identify it from a particular competition so I think they're a big part of the whole shirt and kit thing and no way I'm getting rid of them you can't defend a name set starting off by saying it's cracking for a start that's a bad start (laughs) for a name set it shouldn't be cracking secondly you know you you, you cite there's things that we enjoy the thing is you know you you can't get behind the wheel of a car having had um, alcohol you can only buy alcohol at certain hours of the day. You can only consume so many units. The retailers should be responsible for making sure that you can't make these mistakes. You should not be able to go onto the Nike website and select a shirt that's not using the cup competition with a cup name set. It shouldn't be allowed. And the easiest way is just you know, to get rid of it. People, people can't control themselves, so we need to, to control it for them. Yeah, I'd agree with that because um, I, I, I wasn't doing it just to, to be a typical Twitter user, but I did point out to someone recently that they they had a, a Bayern Munich home shirt that had the, the patch someone it shouldn't. And it turns out that the Bayern Munich store is selling them like that. And and that for, for me, that is horrific. The the idea that this okay, as a buying collector, I, I look at that shirt and I know it's just it is all shades of wrong. 
but for, for the, the general buyer who just goes to the, the, the website and says, oh, you know, I want a, a Lewandowski shirt with the Champions League patch on and they buy the home shirt. Next thing you know, they, they've got a shirt, which which we would we as collectors would deem as a ruined shirt. And, and yeah, I, I agree. Take that out of the equation. I think then it's a, it's a better place all around. Again, trying to be the voice of reason, we're from a deep, dark part of shirt Twitter where everything has to be correct. And for some people, they want the Champions League shirt where the favourite player could wear, regardless of whether kit colour clashes meant they actually wear it. So, yeah, I, I understand for the hardcore collector, it might be tough to swallow when these things... But then it's not work. a football shirt, Alex. That's not a football <laughs> shirt anymore. That's now a fashion accessory that somebody's just decorated it how they want it's no longer a football shirt and it, it wouldn't form part of the football shirt collection I mean in fairness if you don't have the player shirt it's not a football shirt anyway and even if you have the player shirt it's not the match issue shirt so you, you're never getting an actual football shirt you're always getting a facsimile a, a replica of what's actually on the pitch or not Maybe on the pitch for me you want the closest representation to what was on the pitch and if you've got a shirt that's got a name set Bond that wasn't on the pitch with the patch that wasn't on the pitch then it's too far removed you know what thinking about it I think Alex might have swayed me because Chelsea in 2011 we lost the Club World Cup so I've never had the opportunity to have a Club World Cup winners patch on my Chelsea shirt if we lose to Palmeiras I'm getting that patch regardless (laughs) I don't care what happens because we might not ever win that game. game I was going to support you in that game, Tom. I'm now, I'm, I'm out in my Palmeiras shirt. I'm going to order it. It's going to arrive in eight months' time, like all Brazilian kids do, and I'm going to support them. You should be supporting him so that he is able to correctly wear the World Cup Cup patch. I'll probably put it on the Champions League shirt next year. <laughs> I, might, I might put a Champions League winner one on my United shirt. That's it. Just rewrite history with um, polyester. Been done. Come on. What's the boat? Where Where are we? No, in all seriousness, I think I have to put it in the bin. I do. I've, 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 I've been stung. Been, I've been stung my, myself with it, and it, yeah, it's not. It's not great. It, it annoys me. So yeah, uh, I'm siding with Mike and Adrian. Despite Where's Rob your bullying. Him? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, so uh, the, the, the two thousand shirt gods have robbed Mike from, uh, <laughs> from the Twitter podcast. Right. Well, take defeat with grace. So another contentious issue wrapped up. So we've come to the end of episode seven. I'd like to thank Adrian, Tom and our guest, Mike. A reminder that you can still buy digital copies of the magazine at kitmag.co.uk. You can follow us at kitmag underscore on Twitter and at kitmagazine underscore on Instagram. Or you can tag us, communicate using the hashtag kitpod.